What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs, talking about the sweep over Iona. Yikes. Um, I'm Landon Raby with me, Dylan Taylor. C. Mitch is, is back in the back producing behind the scenes. Um, he might be in here in and out. Um, maybe not tonight, but, you know, in, in future shows he'll be in here. Um, Recurring guest. Yeah, man. 68 to 3 in this series. I mean, I think the only thing you can really take out of this is you got a lot of guys, some quality experience. Other than that, it was not competitive whatsoever. The weather was miserable, except for maybe it was a little bit better on Sunday, but Friday and Saturday were terrible. Um, Vitello Saturday couldn't wait to get to the basketball game after the the Saturday game that was 29 to nothing. It was just way too long, and there needs to be a mercy rule. I want to talk about that in a second, but first I want to get your overall kind of take for the weekend. Um, Besides damn. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm trying to think of words that aren't just one-word answers. Um, impressive, I guess, is the best way to put it. I mean, that was – like you said, I, I don't know what you really get out of it. But you, you get a lot of stat padding is what you get out of it. So that, that looks good towards the end of the year after. It's, I, I, I wanted to lead off. I, I want to ask you just because I've been thinking about it too. What do you say to a team after 29 to nothing? Like Landon Raby's the coach of Iona, and you're on a 10-hour bus ride back to New York. What do you tell your team after, after a 29, 68 to 3, yeah, but especially after a, a 29 to nothing? Oh, man. The first thing I'm saying, can't get much worse. <laughs> I mean, good God. I mean, I own a play in one of the best teams in the country. And I don't think anybody's really debating that, that Tennessee is that good. Now, Iona is the worst team in college baseball. I think Farragut right down the road, their high school baseball team could play with Iona and probably beat them. Absolutely. I mean, some of their plays in the defensive side was – Horrendous. I mean, it looked like I was watching the Bad News Bears. The yellow, you know, it just reminded me of Tanner playing shortstop and, and not being able to catch a fly ball. I mean, it was it was terrible. Brutal. Um, Brutal. And, and uh, you know, some of those pitchers were just sacrificed. You know, when their best arm got hurt on Friday night, because Old Dominion is, I think, a, a good baseball program. They are. I own a – only lost to them four to two on Friday night, but that that kid apparently was their best arm. He got hurt with it looked like he stubbed his toe or I don't know what it actually was. Um, but it's after pride. that sacrifice, I mean they yeah. just didn't want to go in their bullpen very deep, and they just hey guys, you're getting hammered for eight runs in the second inning. Sorry. Yeah, you, you're you're in until you get out of it. Like yeah. that's I mean, that's the spot you're in, which is yeah. not. I mean, you, not you kind fun. of. They kind of fed them to the wolves, but, you know, you can't really blame them. <laughs> I mean, you can't use all your arms on Friday night. And, you know, if everybody if they replaced a pitcher every time they got in trouble, I mean, they'd have nobody left. No, not at all. So, um, yeah, not, not a lot to, to really take from. This is a huge week. I think, you know, number one Texas, that's a headliner. ETSU, though, tomorrow night. When we play ETSU, it's usually fireworks. I mean, the last time we played, um, Jordan Beck hit a walk-off. 
And I think before, I think that was the same night where Alex Solari hit one. It, I, it had to be over the river. I mean, I live in South Knoxville. It probably landed close to my house. I was it at was that a, game. A bomb. Yeah, I was at. That's is that where he? I believe that's it, the same one where he rounded third base and swiped the Tennessee across his chest yeah. towards the dugout. Yeah, I was at hey, that one. I mean, if you're gonna hit one that far, pimp that thing. Pimp. You, you, they needed to have fun that night because, as, as I recall, it was brutally cold that night yeah, too. Terrible weather. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't really know how to really put into words what that beating was like. I mean, 68 to three. There's not. I mean, <laughs> it reminded me when I was in little league where we had the chant, "Everybody hits, uh huh. Everybody scores, yeehaw." I mean, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. And it it, it sounds obvious to say, Landon, but there was never. I mean, obviously, 68 to three, but it wasn't. There was never a close point in this series. Like, no. I mean, I know you're thinking, yeah, duh, obviously. But, you know, in, in any series just about, there's always one spot where it's like, oh, okay, maybe they got something started here. And it was just, no. And the three runs were gifted. I mean, yeah. their, their one run on Friday was Drew Gilbert botched a, a, a pop fly. I mean, he, he let it land. He probably could have got it, let it bounce in front of him. It, it ate him up. So he got second base. A pass ball got him to third, and a fielder's choice scored him. I mean, that was gifted. And then on Sunday, you had two outs, and you start walking people. And it led to a hit and led them to, to score a couple runs. But, yeah, like you said, it wasn't – no point was it remotely close. No, I mean, what was that, the first inning was four to nothing. Yeah, I think – I was thinking it was more than that, but 68 – we spread them out. It's, yeah, yeah. I, um, just, I, I feel like I'm just shaking my head a lot because I, I don't, I don't know. I was going I mean, they're, over they're, before. They're like, the what do you say? Team in the country, and yeah, you, there's nothing you can say. It's just. I mean, they they didn't. I'll give them this. They didn't. You know, COVID was shortened last year. They only played, I think, 14 games. First year head coach too. First year head coach. I mean, they. It was an uphill battle from the start, and for them to. I mean, Danny, why? I mean, I know Vitello after the after one of the games, um, I forget who hit it. Maybe it was Christian Moore on – maybe it was was it Tuesday or Wednesday, one of those games where Christian Moore hit that home run and busted the windshield out of an umpire. He was like, hopefully Danny Wyatt will take care of that. Oh, hopefully they flew them guys back. I mean, good God. I, I, I don't so think bad. so. I mean, there, there was times where I'm like, I could have made that catch. Yeah. I could have stood up there and took ball four. Most of the strikes they threw were just – it looked like it was probably – It was meatballs. 83 right down the middle. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't I want to sound too confident, but I, really I, I, feel like, I feel like I could have hit some ropes then. I mean, that's – Yeah. I mean, across Tennessee, they took care of business. You know, I, Sunday was a snooze fest. I mentioned the weather being terrible. It just was not a great weekend of baseball. I mean, Tennessee did score 68 runs, so it was at least entertaining because you got 13 home runs on the weekend, and Trey Lipscomb did hit for the cycle on Friday night, which the Trey Lipscomb fan club is off the ground. We mentioned it before the season even started that he's probably one of your breakout players, um, and he's making us look good. 
I think he's the best player in all of baseball right now. Ooh. There's no MLB. Nobody can debate that. <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. I, I, I think uh, Tommy. He, he definitely was in the SEC. He's the only one that's got something to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that dude's a freak. Um, but 10 for 12 on the weekend with 14 RBIs, two home runs. He is 10th in batting average in the country, eighth in home runs, second in RBIs. I think Drew Gilbert's sixth. Um, you know, I mentioned he hit for the cycle on Friday. He was a double away from um, hitting for it again in Saturday's game. I mean, just – I think the most impressive thing about it is when you look at how many at-bats he's had, one strikeout, and that was Sunday. Has has there ever been back-to-back cycles? Did we ever – I know they said the I don't stat think so. I, was, I think somebody was talking about it during the broadcast, and I don't think – I think that there's been two players hit for the cycle – in the same season, but it's never been back-to-back games. Yeah, that's what I figured. That's he came up with double short, which I mean, I, once he, he hit the triple, he, he took like, him out well, of the fifth inning. He had four more bats, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he he would he would get the double. So I'm yeah. I'm going to count it as two cycles for Trey Lipscomb, first big, yeah. first player in baseball history, best player in all of baseball right now. So congrats, Trey. Yeah, co SEC player of the week. I don't know how you get co, but whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't understand that. Oh, well. Um, Chase Dolander, dominant again. 10 Ks, five innings. Um, he has 21 strikeouts and in 10 innings of, of pitching. I mean, it's just – I mean, it's it's easy to watch because there's nothing going on. It's like you can look at your phone, maybe look up for strike three or something because you know it's coming. But, I mean, it's – it's very easy to watch. He's so smooth with it. You know, I know that Jacob DeGrom comparisons out there, which is, you know, it looks almost identical when you put them next together or next to each other. So, um, yeah, I really like him. And uh, Chase Burns doesn't look like a freshman still. I still I want to see Dollander's off speed in the SEC play just because I want to know how legit it is. Just because against Iona, it looked filthy as his slider did. I mean, oh, yeah. you follow up with high 90s fastball inside and throw a slider on the outside part of the plate. I say that to say now, how does Florida handle that? How does how do Vanderbilt hitters handle that? But I know against Iona, they were swinging out of their shoes, and I don't know why because they never really connected on anything in the first place. But I guess, I guess if you don't connect, you might as well just swing as hard as you can and 100%. hope for the best. But it, it looks legit. And Luke Lipsius, man, the quietest batting average at five seventy one I've ever seen. I mean, no one's really talking about him, but he's. I think he's sixth in the country, or no, he's Second. probably like like twelfth. He's second in the SEC. I think it's yeah. him and Trey at the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just insane. He's eight of fourteen on the year so far. So the kid just gets on base. He's kind of like Liam Spence. He's, you know, you don't really notice it until you look at the box score that he was on base almost every time. I'm distracted by what Caleb just dropped in the chat. That stat I did not realize that, but he says baseball outscored basketball. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that is that is wild. <laughs> you think they have that you, you know the baseball players are talking crap. Oh yeah. You, you know, yeah, we still got that dumb basketball shout out. Um I mean dude, Lots. I'm loving the bromance with Tony Vitello and Zakai Ziegler and 
Ziegler doesn't even know who he was, so that was hilarious. Um, I, I'm sure he'll get to know him. And, and as much as Tony Vitello talked about Ziegler, I, I think you could see him throwing out a first pitch here one day. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, they may be talking crap, but it's not the Zagai Ziegler. That's, <laughs> Drew, Drew Gilbert may be the only one crazy enough to do that, and even, right. I, even I don't know if he's that crazy. Yeah, him or Evan Russell will say something. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just another – he's another kid like this baseball program is just pumped out. Just that personality that, you know, come to work every day and, and you know, see the results happen in front of you. That, that's kind of how this whole baseball program has been since Vitello took over. So, really cool to see that. And um, I, I do want to mention somebody else that had kind of a quiet weekend, Drew Gilbert. Everything he hits is on a rope. Um, yeah, we do <laughs> – Caleb is – he's uh, campaigning for me to throw out a first pitch. I don't know if that will ever happen, but uh, we'll see. I'm on board. I don't in, see why I can't. We can get in front of the right people and see what happens. Um, but four for six on the weekend, eight RBIs. I mean, just – even when – even his doubles go over the fence. <laughs> I mean, he's two ground rule doubles on the year. I like what they said about the uh... – the short part of the right field fence, it's a good thing that it's that short because he, the balls he hits out there would probably go through it if the fence was there and it would still be a ground rule double. So oh, might as well save Danny White some money there. Smart yeah. moves. <laughs> um, but Tennessee is leading the country in a lot of categories. Um, batting average with 395, which is insane. Walks, home runs, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, runs. Uh, their second doubles, third in ERA, and um, I think one or two. I can't remember which one it is, but Texas is ahead of them in ERA. So that's going to be an interesting matchup on Friday. I'm excited to see that. Um, I mean, I don't – Texas is one. Thanks, Caleb. Um, I, I don't really know what else to really – if you all have any questions, feel free to drop those in the chat. Um, I think one – one thing I'd like to see is, or I'll ask you, lineup-wise, is there any position you're like, that's still a competition um, or that's still, you know, being worked on at this point? Because there's not a lot, in my opinion. No. Um, catcher, left field, and second base, I guess, are the only ones that I wouldn't even call it a competition. But based off guys we've seen step up, I think, I mean – if Jared Dickey can hit like this all the time, who's to say Evan Russell doesn't go back to left field? And let's let's say Seth Stevenson, if he's struggling, he goes to more of a bench role then. Second base, let's say Ortega struggles. Christian Moore's got a couple bombs already. Who says he can't step up there? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's what we've mentioned the first two episodes, and it's the word I've said more than anything else, options. Now, still waiting to see if they're proven, but after 68-3, to three, I like our chances. Yeah, this is definitely a really deep team. So it's good to get all those guys some reps and a lot of reps. I mean, I think you played like 20 players in like every game, which is insane. Um, so I, I do like Jared Dickey and, you know, maybe not catcher because I think the only reason why he was at catcher was Charlie Taylor was injured. But I, I think you're right. Keeping him out of the lineup is going to be tough because the kid's hitting 800. Freshman I mean, of the week. Yeah, eight for ten, redshirt freshman. Uh, you mentioned freshman of the week. I mean, there's – at what point you're like, hey, guys, we got to put him in somewhere, some way. So, I think that DH role 
is still one of the positions that's being kind of worked on, tweaked a little bit. Because um, Kyle Booker hasn't, you know, produced probably like how they like, and, and same with Logan Chambers. So you got a guy hitting 800. How do you say no to that? You don't until he doesn't hit 800 anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I thought another one was shortstop, and not defensive-wise, but I, I think Cortland Lawson needed to um, have a really good weekend. He did that. I think he was three for seven, four RBIs, had a bomb in there. Um, I mean, pretty much everybody had a home run. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought he was a guy that, you know, if he wasn't producing, he could get replaced probably real quick. Um, but he's hitting the ball, and he's he's solid defensively. He's really athletic, tall kid, you know, rolling up double plays. So, I mean, he kind of solidified himself this weekend. And, and and like you mentioned, you know, there is guys behind them. This I mentioned this line is deep. Um, so there is competition there. But when you look at, like, right now, who is – Who's going to be your starting nine, or I guess ten, when you play a team like Texas? I think the only ones up for debate are left field and DH, and they probably go yeah. off of one another. Yeah. It depends on if Evan Russell's catching, which it looks like he will be. I mean, you've got Booker, Chambers, Stevenson. Who can all play left field and all have been in that DH role up to this point. It's the more you think of it. Here's how crazy this is. We're talking about this the whole time, and I mean, rightfully so. We haven't even mentioned, and I know we're we're going to get to it later, but we haven't even mentioned the guy that made possibly the biggest headlines throughout the sport is Ben Joyce. I mean, that's how crazy this lineup is. Is we haven't even mentioned the guy that was pumping 104 the other day. I know yeah. we we're going to get there, but it's it's insane that. We have this level of options yet. Still wait to see if they're if they're proven in SEC play. That's I've got to follow follow it up with that every time. But still, I mean that's that's insane. Yeah, a ton of arms. Uh, you know, we mentioned that a lot of guys got playing time. That was your bullpen as well. I think Joyce threw one inning this weekend. So I mean, like everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows how hard he throws. But man, that changeup coming at 93, <laughs> 92, That's insane. I mean, 104 is disgusting, and you should, like, freak. But, like, imagine how hard it is to try to time up 103, 102, and then he throws a 92-mile-an-hour changeup on you. Well, just imagine, what, was, it, was it Friday or Saturday that he threw, and it was, it was raining then, and it's... It was Saturday. The, I, saw the, I saw the tweet that just made me... It was like, imagine it's there's a slight drizzle to raining like that. You're down whatever it was at that point. I don't even remember. It's, I mean, you there's no hope left. And then 104 steps on the mound with rain. I mean, that that is a terrifying thought. Oh, yeah, it's cold. I mean, poor Chase Burns, he hasn't got a freaking decent weather yet. I mean, he's sitting there pumping 95, 96 in 30-degree weather. It's, and Dolander's the same way. Insane. I mean, I'm four. I mean, I'm not. Could could this be Tennessee's best pitching rotation ever? It is. I'm already ready to say it. It is just, especially ro- when you know Alverson and Blade get back. Rotation and bullpen. It's mm-hmm. the best I've ever seen it. 
by far, I think. Yeah. I mean, you. Yeah, it, it has to be. I mean, because last year, even your your Saturday spot between between Blade, you had Chad Dallas. It was kind of, I mean, was it was it Heflin that filled in the most on yeah. Saturdays and kind of uh, Blade on. Then it was kind of, you know, get you five innings if he gets anything past that. Great. Yeah. Now it's you. You've got three aces that I see so mm-hmm. far. I mean, you got Burns, Dahl, Andrew, and Tidwell, and that's not even, like you said, it's not even mentioned Halverson. So, yeah, I mean, all those ridiculous. could be first rounders, which is insane. Um, I, I would like to have seen that 2020 pitching rotation finish out that season because I think that, you know, with Crochet and, um, which yeah. I know he's a bullpen guy, but I, I think he was going to end up starting or, or being that kind of Sean Hunley role, um, or maybe like hip, how they're going to use Ben Joyce this season. Um, that Jackson Leith, Chad Dallas. I mean, that was a good rotation as well. Um, didn't get to see that all the way through, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I show me three potential first rounders and Drew Beam. I mean, let's not forget about him. He's a true freshman and he's shoving it too. Yeah. He, he it's easy to forget about him just because he's the first one that when the next guy healthy is up. He's probably the guy that's going more bullpen there, kind of in a midweek starter role. But I mean, he looked like a quarterback for a six A football team when yeah, um, you know that that ball got hit toward third base. He checked third base. Third baseman came up to field it, so he wasn't at third base, and then threw a freaking dart over to to Lipsius. I mean, that was PFPs, mm. baby. Yeah, PFPs. Mm. Love that. Um, but yeah, I, I think Botello is going going to play around with this lineup a little bit more, especially like teams like ETSU midweek games. But man, this this Texas game is a circle, and it should be. You know, they put you out. They got that number one by their name. I mean, last season you wouldn't play the underdog until you weren't anymore. Hey, you're an underdog. You moved up one spot. You scored 68 runs, and I know it was on Iona, but you moved up one spot. Which is insane. That, that's insane to me. Yeah. If, if I mean, you, you win 27. You've got teams in front of you that lost three games already. You win 27-1, nothing, and 12-2 in a shortened, a shortened game, mind you. We've seen what you can put up in one inning there. Who knows what that one could have gotten to, and you, you move up one spot. That's – I mean, yeah, like Caleb just said, Mississippi State, Arkansas. I mean, I, I know you're going off what those teams were last year, but it's not last year anymore. So yeah, I, I don't. And are we not getting that same treatment? I haven't seen anything that really. I mean, I did see. Impresses me. I, I did see some. Yeah, I did see some media outlets out there like post theirs and one at Tennessee at four. Um, I'm not trying to discredit them at all. But when you look at the big ones like D1 Baseball, Baseball America, they have a 17, 16, 17, something like that. Shout out those people, the four ranked yeah. people. Shout out them. Respect I the mean, smart people in the room. Putting 16 teams in front of Tennessee right now is, I mean, it should be a war crime. How do you watch what just, ha- what just happened is a war crime. That, that's <laughs> that, it has to be out of spite that they're leaving us this low. Yeah. Um, 
man, it, it, it's exciting to see. I know there wasn't a lot to really go off of. It was kind of – it got repetitive after a while this weekend. But this weekend is where you see it. Um, ETSU is a good program. I think they're five and one right now. They swept Northern Kentucky, who just beat Mississippi State last this past weekend. Um, their only lo- losses, to, yeah, and their only losses to Wagner, and it was five to four. This team can put up runs. Texas eight and zero on the season. They just swept Alabama. And uh, eight runs have been scored on them so far this season. So, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. It, it's going to be fun to watch these kind of pitchers duel it out. I mean, the way Tennessee's hitting, I don't really want to take the under. But when you look at the pitching staffs, it's definitely enticing. Just, it, it's already going to be awesome against Texas. But just imagine if Tidwell was healthy too. Oh, just yeah. imagine. Imagine those starting rotations matched up against each other. That way, can Chase Burns get get some? Can we see that a hundred mile an hour fastball? Can we get some good weather in Houston finally? Yeah, yeah, surely. Um, then you play Baylor on Saturday. They're three and four on the year. They got swept by Maryland, um, but then took two one out of number uh, twenty three Duke. And then Oklahoma's five and two on the year. They beat Auburn, Michigan. Um, they're in Wichita State. They beat or they lost to Arizona and they lost to Northwestern State um, but they took two out of one or two out of three from them so um, I think three decent teams teams that could you know make things interesting I think these are probably the best three teams you've played so far Um, I think Georgia Southern did not play well this weekend so um, I know they beat number 10 Georgia Tech and that's impressive but you know, Texas, I think Oklahoma and maybe Baylor are probably your best three teams. And maybe throw in ETSU. I mean, these might be your best four teams you played so far. The competition steps up quick. Very, yep. very quick by by a lot. So mm-hmm. it it's it's exciting though. I'm I'm not worried just because I've seen I mean, we saw it last year and it looks like it's more of the same. You see the mentality on this team. Yeah, you see the talent. Yeah, you see the potential, but the mentality is the one thing that I think really drives the fans in. So and it, it looks the same as last year, even not even more intense this year. So um I'm not worried. Yeah, and I would be a little bit nervous about Texas because you remember two years ago in in Round Rock in Texas, Texas Tech had that number one by their name too, and look what happened to them. Okay, so they will they will have the roof closed more than likely. Cool. Temperature control. Yeah. Are, are they banging trash cans in there too? Like what what's going on, Minimate? Jose Altuve. Um but that's trash. in the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic. Um a mouthful, but um a lot of good baseball gonna be there in Houston. I know Tennessee's got a former um assistant coach there um at the University of Houston, so we see uh a Ross Kiv make his way back. I, I don't know. Do they? Does Texas have a restraining order? I don't know. It's a great question. Uh, any smart human being would get one after the way Kiv <laughs> came out of the dugout last year. I would have. Yeah. So, but I mean, it is Texas. They they do claim to be the real UT of all time. So there is some delusion there. We'll see. Other than Texas, who who are you looking like? What game are you looking forward to the most this week? Probably Baylor. Just because I, I feel like they've struggled this year, but I feel like that's a team that every year in and out they're 
even if they're not the most talented team, I think they're kind of like Tennessee where they kind of have that mentality of doesn't matter if you're better than me or not. Then they, they've kind of taken that up across all sports, really. So yeah. probably Baylor, but Oklahoma too. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, Texas is the – if you win Texas, how do you lose the other two? I know it's baseball and you got to show up every day. But if you beat Texas, that takes the season to a, a whole new level. I know it's early, but – it would would it have a bigger impact than the Texas Tech win? Yeah, I think it would. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this is a revenge game. It's got to be. I mean, they had to. As soon as this was posted, they had to circle that thing. As soon as they walked off the field in Omaha. Um, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to be there Tuesday night against ETSU because you know there's some fireworks been in this series. Um, ETSU's always got a decent program, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that as well. Let's go MVP before we wrap this up. MVP of the weekend. <laughs> I have a feeling who's going to be for both of us. But you want to you want to say it first or me? It's the obvious answer. You go ahead. You go ahead. Trey Lipscomb. <laughs> King Trey. All hell. Yeah. I, I don't know who would be second. I mean, Jared Dickey. Um, all under, but it, it doesn't matter who you say next because it's it's the right answer here. I, it's Trey Lipscomb. Yeah, I mean SC Player of the Week. He's he's up for I think the Golden Spikes Player of the Week too. So yeah, hard Best to argue of with, all time. Yeah, hard to argue that it's not Trey Lipscomb. He looks like the another dominant third baseman that's come out of Tennessee. You know, when I started watching them, it was Nick Senzel, and then it was Jordan Rogers, Andre Lipsius, Jake Rucker, and now it's Trey Lipscomb's turn, and he's Taking it and running. The best so far. I think I think I saw where he's on pace for 168 RBIs this year. Oh my god. The record's ninety two. So <laughs> good start. Yeah, that's insane. And Gilbert's not far behind him. I mean, he's got yeah. sixteen. So yeah, I mean solid I mean, Tennessee's bats are just juiced. I don't know what it is, but I mean it's cold. And they're freaking destroying the baseball. Like, Jordan Beck hit one this weekend. Oh, my God. Did we go back to the BSR instead of BB Core bats? I think we did. I think BB Core was so stupid. I don't think we're playing. I think Tony Vitello just protested and said we're not using them anymore. <coughs> and went yeah. back to the old ones. Because that's some of these balls are just they're jumping off the bat. So, yeah, that's the only explanation. Yeah, Caleb mentioned Evan Russell sounded like a crack bat on the first home run he hit this weekend. And, dude, it, it sounded like like straight off the handle, but it it kept going. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Beck, oh, my. I mean, it's so effortless. I mean, he didn't even – as soon as he was, you know, went through his follow-through, he just dropped the bat and started walking. He knew it. He's a major league baseball player. He, he's in college right now, but we we all know what we're watching. He's just you see those guys that just carry themselves like that, and he's yeah. You can tell he's going to make a lot of money playing this game. Yep. Opposing pitchers do not like to face a Jordan Beck, hundred um, percent. So yeah, Trey Lipscomb MVP. I want to ask you this: you you kind of watch the catchers a little bit more than anybody else because that's that's where you played. Um, and I never played there, so that's not a position I just love to watch. Um, <clears throat> Evan Russell and Jared Dickey yesterday, you got to watch them. Did you see anything that 
you're like, man, it's going to be tough for them come SEC play. I mean, Jared maybe. I mean, he, but like you said, I don't know how much he's he's really going to be playing there. But, yeah. no, I mean, it, it's kind of like what I said with Russell last week. I didn't see anything there that he he looked out of place. Nothing, nothing like that. So, it, it's – it's like what I said last week. It's still the arms, just just because there's going to come a point where teams are going to realize you can't throw them out. So we're mm-hmm. we're still waiting on that. But I thought he handled the staff really well. Russell more the same. I know Evan got kind of beat up this weekend with a a couple of foul tips back there. I know I know that pain. It is. Yeah. I w- I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But it's except maybe the Arkansas head coach who will remain nameless right now. But <laughs> it's. No, nothing. I, I didn't see anything that gives me worries, but it, it's still. I've just. I, I've got to see him throw somebody out and yeah. do it, do it well, and kind of do it consistently because it's going to be tough if a team figures out that they can run on you. And we we've seen it a little bit, but it's still early in the year. Everybody's still kind of getting used to it back there. You can you can catch as many bullpens as you want, but until you get in a live game, it's 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 just different. Yeah, and you see. Our our pitchers are pretty athletic, pretty crafty, and they also throw, you know, high nineties. Ben Joyce, um, if you're taking off on Ben Joyce's 104 miles an hour, I mean, that's on you. You should take a drug test. The the one thing is Dollander. He he does have a pretty slow. Now he has a good pickoff move, but yeah. Once once they get that time, people are going to be running on him, and it's probably going to be Evan Russell that's catching him. So that's that's a matchup. Yeah. Uh, against Texas. I mean, he has on two people out, but they've slid off the base. <laughs> um, this, so, yeah, I'm with you. Definitely needs turf. to – yeah, definitely needs to – you know, it, it's playing in our favor, so that's great. But, yeah, definitely not, needs not to – saying, Yeah, not saying he can't do it. We just haven't seen it yet. Maybe right. Now, maybe he gets up there and throws a laser first First guy that tries to steal on him like that. So mm-hmm. The good thing we'll is see. Tennessee, like, if – they don't walk anybody. So, if you're getting on base, you've earned it. That's you're going to earn it all around, yeah. all around the way too. You know, you're going to have to have multiple guys drive you in because uh, I mentioned these pitchers are something. I mean, Frank Anderson, good God. I mean, let's get Frank hey, Anderson whatever. print the shirts, Frank Anderson t-shirts. I love the Kirby Canell one, but let's get Big Daddy Frank his own nil deal. Pay him whatever. Pay him. <laughs> take take. Take salaries from other sports if you have to. Pay him whatever he wants. Last thing, I won't forget Frank Anderson and that story at Arkansas on Saturday where he told – Max Ferguson was like, you know, do I do I bunt? Do I get on base? And he's like, hit it over the damn fence. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, he did. While you're up there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's that's awesome. This is a really good baseball team. I'm excited to see it. They're outscoring opponents 117-7. to seven. So far the season, which is just insane. I mean, I know that Tech game doesn't count right now, um, but man, Tennessee's got a good baseball team. I don't think there's anybody denying that. So, look, and it looks like they're going through for the foreseeable future, which is yeah, it's that very a, nice. That to a young core too. So yeah, exciting times, exciting times for the athletic program in general. Um, baseball. Football looks like it's on the rise. Basketball just took it to number three, Auburn. You hate to see it. Um, But God love them. 
we're bringing the boat in. That's not the show. Guys, thanks for listening. We really that's, appreciate that's it. Cross cross platform promotion. Yeah, we'll yeah. It's you. it's it's in the corner, so I get a little bit confused. I'm just yeah. used to it. So I do apologize for that. Guys, thanks for listening. Dylan, Caleb, appreciate you guys. Peace out.